There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that Ooh. culture? Oh, yes. Goodness. Oh, wow. yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. How are you today? You know, I've been, um... Ooh, the hand is on the forehead, honey. I've been on the damn California coaster. Ooh. Is that what it's called? The Incredicoaster? The Incredicoaster. What? I just feel I just emotionally have been very up and down, up and down, up and down. You emotionally have been on the Incredicoaster. Just it cause that coaster famously, like many coasters, goes up and down, hun. Up and down, and then I had I had Holly Hunter and Sarah Vowell screaming in my ear. <laughs> wow. Truly, the California Adventure appreciation happening already right off the jump. <laughs> we have to stay on Bowen Yang, a Disney girl. <laughs> yes, yes. I will never forget. I love the Incredicoaster. Oh, we've shared many memories. Many memories. I long for the day where I can return to the Incredicoaster. You will return, and we, I, we will also once again stroll through Radiator Spring. We will. Are you... Now, I feel like it's very important for me to ask you, are you making arrangements that whenever you get the vaccine, it will be at Disneyland? No, you're shaking your head. Well, okay, so there's there's the announcement that one of the vaccination sites is going to be Disneyland. And I I would say in a perfect world, yes, of course, I go and I get it sort of in front of the Haunted Mansion, you understand, photo op. Yes. Um, But I'll really just take it from anywhere 
I mean, not to sound uncouth, but I will take it from anywhere. anywhere. I'll get the vaccine wherever I can get it. Anyway, hold before we bring our guest in. Yeah, I, I never do this, but I okay. feel like Sudi said that I had to do this. She said you have to shout her out on the pod. Okay, I just really quickly want to just celebrate. Let's all celebrate as readers. The one, the only Regina King. Yeah, truly, what a f- what a true true icon and i we're not we throw that word around Ugh. a lot all the time but she is i mean just that that what a career what if and what a presence like there is only one every, everyone was just in awe there's only one i mean there is only one i just i thought about this i was like 227 like boondocks mm-hmm. i'm jumping around like boys in the hood uh, ray. Like poetic, poetic justice ray like all of it, Watchmen, mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire. She's been around forever. I mean, obviously, we know her recent wins because yes, she's yes. been re- she's been rewarded for rewarded. them in in a way that she should be and needs to be. Yes. But it has been an entire career of incredible work. Like the fact that like Jamie Fox got all that awards attention for Ray, and no one said anything about not just Regina King, but also Kerry Washington in that movie. Yes, I was like, that yes. movie had supporting actresses killing it and also mm. Regina King in literally everything. And there was a while there where she was like ubiquitous and just always so good that no one gave the appreciation. And so to see her getting so much appreciation now rocks. And she had a great episode of SNL and you got to do a sketch, basically a two-hander with her. Oof. What a thrill. And then, and then I told thrill. you a conversation she had with me on Saturday morning. I won't reveal it. Don't reveal that. Some things have to be private. Some things have to be private. Between the stars. Between Some things <laughs> have to be between the stars. It's stars. a rule of culture. It's a rule of culture number 42. Some, Some things, things have, have to, to be, be between the, the stars. stars. You know? Okay. I just wanted to g- just give that space for her. And now we have to bring in our guest who I also hold an equal esteem, truly. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this, you and I, Matt. Equal esteem to Regina King. Let's hear oh that. That is something. Oh my God. That is that is something. Okay. I don't now know what proceed. to do with that. What there's nothing to do with it. Just hold it. <laughs> you just you just accept it. Um yeah. okay. He is a correspondent with NPR. He hosts It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders. Incredible host. Such a good listener. Like, and you know, he <sighs> does he does active listening, which I appreciate on podcasts. And I, yes, he understands because you'll see the guests will be saying something and making a point, and you'll it will be Often that you will hear Sam sort of go, mm. yep, that's it. <laughs> yes, say it. Yes, yes. yes. My team has actually saved some of the ums. Yes, it is, it's extras. iconic and it is active listening and it is it is premier <laughs> podcast hosting and I appreciate oh it. Oh my goodness, it's thank you. Perfect synthesis of like of uh, 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 <laughs> journalism meets pop culture commentary meets breaking mm. down news items every yep. Friday. Uh, there's two episodes each week, one on Tuesday, one on Friday. Fridays are the news summaries. Tuesdays are like the in-depth days. Um, such a phenomenal list. And I'm sure there's many readers who listen to the show. But everyone, yes. please welcome to your ears. Sam Sanders! Sam. I've never gotten a more enthusiastic welcome. I'm so happy to be here. <gasps> but you know you deserve it being a sort of Regina King figure. Oh, my God. Of, of oh my God. Of Can I tell y'all my Regina King story? So yes. I interviewed her. So when she was do, uh, like doing all the press for Watchmen, mm-hmm. uh, like we got her and I didn't think we were going to get her because she's a big deal. But she and this was still the before time. So folks coming coming into the office mm-hmm. and <gasps> oh, my gosh, she's going to come for, in. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. She had come in and uh, she wanted some time. And I was like, sure, whatever you need. 
and she wanted time to eat her lunch. And she had her assistant, this lovely human being, bring her like a fish plate from the South side. And mm, she just great. like sat there and talked with me outside eating her fish plate, just like an around the way girl. So mm. chill, Ugh. so down home. And then we get in the interview. She's opening up. She's amazing. But then afterwards, she's just like, let's take some pictures together. Like she's so, mm. she wants to relate to everybody. And she, th- there's no, there's no ego around her at all. Even no. as she gets more and more accolades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I mean, me, me, Matt and I sat next to her um, on this talk show on Facebook. Sonia Denis had a, had a talk Denis. show. And, and we okay. were, we were on it regularly. Like, in like a guest capacity and it was us and Rebecca O'Neill and we yes. were there and Sonia was hosting and Regina King was the guest. And this was like after she had won her American crime story um, yes. Emmys, but before American she won crime, the one yeah. for seven seconds and before if Bill Street could talk really the buzz had really started. So it was like that moment like where she was getting her due, but hadn't gotten like her big due yet in the way she has recently. And she was the coolest she came in she looked fly as shit all the time aging in reverse aging in in reverse reverse. and also shout out because okay her stylists are Wayman and Micah who also styled hot dog (gasps) and so I actually got to meet the people that put her together and they are (laughs) the best in the biz I can tell you Um, yeah and we were we were like jamming with her on this show Matt you predicted that she was gonna win the Oscar for Beale Street uh, well, I said, I think you're going to win the Emmy for seven seconds, which was an even more niche prediction. No one was saying that. <laughs> but then you also, you peppered in Beale Street. Yeah, the Beale Street talk was like, it was, it was clear that that was going to be a conversation, but damn, she's the best. And the thing is, she's been good from the start. There's never yes. like a bad performance from her. I remember when she was in that Will Smith movie that was like an intelligent spy thriller. It was called Enemy of the State. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. She played his wife. She was pitch perfect in that. And like yeah. she, she's all she's just always been there giving you the best she's got. Yeah. Yes. You know what the thing is with her? It's like I would liken it to when you hear like Rihanna on the radio or like Britney Spears on the radio, someone who's just like got that sound that is a uh, signature. Regina mm-hmm. King, she is the signature. She is yes. she stands out. Like she, that that's how you have a real star. Her voice sort of yes. like the look she can give like that uh-huh. where it's like very soulful but also like um very comedically precise and yes. that's cuz she was doing a ton of comedy and drama at the same time. Like it's crazy yeah. to see both those things kind of come to a head. And I feel like Watchmen is such a great use of all of her talents that yes, it's that yes. thing of like star meets vehicle where it feels right. And for that yeah. to come post the Oscar win mm, is like yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, oh, yeah. you're, you're seeing a true solidification of the a list stardom that she has oh, yeah. so earned. And people forget she did multiple voices in the boondocks multiple voices because she was Mm -hmm. waiting for Huey and they were auditioning Huey and then they couldn't find the right person so then she was just like can I just play that can I just play both and they were like sure like talk about like someone who like knows what they want and like goes for it and like we should I should just say that like her input was like truly everyone took it to heart this this past week where like she Mm. had input on everything and we were just like yes of course like whatever you want and always everything made it better anyway just I love it Regina 
Queen. She's the best. We love her. I got to talk her. to y'all about y'all's last episode because I loved it so much. And we have to talk to you about a recent episode because we feel we actually created a companion piece moment. Oh, let's do it. Tell me. Well, it's your, it's your Whitney episode, girl. I was really happy with that one. We So we'll do that first and then I'll talk about Justin Timberlake because <laughs> I have thoughts on that man. Oh, I have thoughts on that man. And we'd like to hear all of them. Yes, yes. So we... I had read that essay by Danielle Smith. She wrote mm-hmm. an, uh, like an oral history of Whitney Houston's national anthem at the 91 Super Bowl in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. It came out five years ago. And I remember yeah. loving it back then, reading it like five times over and crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and the week of the Super Bowl at our weekly pitch meeting, our producer, Janae, she was like, this might feel weird, but like an easy way for us to cover the Super Bowl without having to like talk about sports might be talking about the anniversary of this rendition. And I said, we've got just the person. And so we get Danielle Smith and the goal was to make her the middle part of our Friday episode. So Mm -hmm. no more than 12 minutes because we cut everything down. We taped it. As soon as we finished, we all got on the phone. We're like, that's the episode. That's it. There can be nothing else. She was amazing. She was so good. And like, it it reminds you, and this is what y'all were doing last week with Brittany, how our culture mistreats female celebrity we mistreat them we don't value them we ask too much of them you know part of the tragedy of whitney is that she felt too much pressure to be perfect to be the perfect pop star and it's hard it's hard but i was glad that we got to make the episode and it was it was it was i mean i was fighting back tears talking to her about it and i'm just glad that it got out in the world well the ending of that episode where you have danielle read from the last part of the essay and it's true poetry the way that she talks about like the lights intersecting yeah with the, with the sky and so that it looks like receiving the glory of god you're just like oh. oh my take me to church yeah yeah and it's just like but you know what's crazy is there is a there are so many more tragic whitney stories in the biz that we just don't talk about because how many women are chewed up and spit out by the beast and then we just forget you know yeah countless i mean i think that it's it's really something to think about how much they provided to everyone and fed everyone. Like, yeah. and I th- I think that there is something because it's something that I really connected with in that episode and something that Danielle talks about a lot is that Whitney positioned herself to culturally be the only person that could really deliver that to the American people in yeah. that moment, yeah. and she had been such a huge pop star and she had she, i believe the way that she phrased it is she has ex, she had experience in moving people and yes. that the nfl yes. recognized yes. that and like whoever was in charge of um programming that recognized that and then she delivered it and you guys talk really interestingly about the way that she was dressed how she was very dressed down the track like, suit. Yeah. yeah yeah and it just it's so crazy because it's it's literally like these women these performers can't do enough to 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 get us to just treat them well because this is someone who just met us right on the level we needed and gave us so much and truly roused the country and i mean rousing in the truest form of that word i mean she sang the national anthem like it needed to be sung mm-hmm, not how yes. it quote unquote should be sung how it needed to be sung mm-hmm. and from that moment she only gave more when because the bodyguard album wasn't oh even God. a thought in, in anyone's head at that point yeah. and then she would really reach even an apex that was further up from that moment and still we treated her like she was 
not human. By the time oh, yeah. by the time the 90s were coming to a close, she was a full-on punchline, a full-on joke, and her humanity had been stripped of her stripped. in the public consciousness. And it's so similar to Britney. Yeah. I remember watching the reality show being Bobby Brown, laughing mm-hmm. at it. And now I'm ashamed that I enjoyed that, you know? And it's just like we do this again and again and again. And I I was so I was so happy that you all talked about it in your show last week. And I, I'm also happy Matt, that you shouted out the Britney album Glory because I've been playing it and you're right. Glory is good. <laughs> Glory does it. What's the one where she's like, do you want to come over? That yes. one I like a lot. That over. one I like. <laughs> I'm so happy we are prolonging the do you want to come over conversation because it's really a national conversation going forward. This yes. is it's every episode we're going to be talking about it. Do yes, you want to yes. come over? How do y'all, so speaking of women being treated badly by the industry, how do y'all feel about whatever Justin is doing now to try to, you know, be nice. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I will say, <laughs> I, I don't think the apology is good enough. I, I be, yeah. And I, I, I think that he really should not have grouped them together in the same apology. I really feel like two different stories, two different women. Exactly. Yeah. Compl- two different. And, and when you plug it together like that, it sort of is a way to skip over like, the the experience of both of those women. So I think the apology should have been much more focused on to Brittany, here's what I want to say, and here's my genuine heartfelt apology. To Janet, here's what I want to say about what I did. I'm taking accountability and letting everyone know this is what I'm apologizing for, and here's my apology that's heartfelt. And then say, I'm going to do the work continuing and cut it. We did not need lines about how the industry is fucked up. We did not need lines about the ways in which, you know, he should be acquitted for crimes against these women. Like we needed acknowledgement, genuine apology and a statement of a mission statement going forward about what he's going to do. And it did not provide that. So for me, it was not good enough. Yeah. And instead it was just, um, it was him just sort of flattening all contexts by lumping them together and then thinking that there was like um, a catch-all way to like treat both of those cases. And I I don't know if you guys agree. I feel like there is no apology that like would make it right in my eyes where I'm just like, no, just like Justin can take, he can, he can withstand this like mark on his career by like like for like I think he can withstand that because there is no like making it right for either Brittany or Janet. Yeah, you can't give Janet back the years that she lost. Nope. No, you really can't do. It. And people forget how big of a deal Janet was. We think of Madonna as like the premier pop star of that nope. era. Janet was right up Janet. there. Yep, they were they were they were the two. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Also, Justin Timberlake. Fun fact. Uh, one, it got me thinking and reminding myself of how like. His vocals were never great. The falsetto was fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And someone pointed out to me on Twitter, because I was tweeting about him last week, the final falsetto runs in Crimea River, he doesn't sing those. <gasps> Marsha Ambrosius of Flowetry is singing the Crimey, oh, Crimey. My God. That's her. That's not even him. <sighs> I uh. mean... Look, that happens a lot in pop music, and we, it, it happens with Britney, we know, all the time. Yeah. But yeah. it's just... It's just like it's symbolic of it's 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 further like sort of like it hits home the fact that he has built his career off of women. Let's just say women and black women. Yes, people with more ability than yeah. him. Like and, and and because the thing with Justin Timberlake is they really would have you believe, and I say they capital T H 
EY as like Hollywood would really have us believe that he can do it all. They were trying to make he him Frank Sinatra for a while. Yes, the whole suit yes. and tie era, he was like the new Rat Pack kind of mm-hmm. thing. They were really pushing him as like someone who could sing, dance, act, entertain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a moment where he was trying to be all over SNL. There was a moment with like the social <laughs> network and stuff. Like they wanted to make him a renaissance man. Mm-hmm. He really wasn't. He just really mm. wasn't. What's so funny is like when you when you watch the social network now, he really was the perfect person for that part because <laughs> yes. Sean Parker ends up being a weak bitch who's like crying in that in that apartment when they're getting arrested, being like, uh, 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 what's going to happen and going crazy. And you can just tell that's like so probably what it looked like when that happened at the Super Bowl. Like mm-hmm. you can kind of think in your head, like he definitely was crying back. <laughs> and like, yeah. what's gonna happen? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Mm. What's y'all's favorite Janet video? Janet had so many great videos. I, 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 I think y'all mm. said last time favorite Britney video was Toxic, which I agree with. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, or the first what's yours, Bo? What's yours? I love Escapade. I love, but from like All for You, I also remember it was classic, like queer. This is classic queer development where. All boys sleepover. We're watching MTV. All for you comes on, and I go. I turn. I turn to all my friends, and I go. That was so good. I was like, "Isn't that? Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't Janet Jackson so good at that?" And they were like, "Yeah, I guess." But that was like for me, like a sleepover moment where I was like, "Oh my god, you guys look!" She's Do you see this? Yes, yeah, yeah. she's standing pop while the boys were like, uh, "Sure." We were like, "Oh my god, look!" Like she's in this futuristic subway station. Um, I don't know. I, I those those are my two. I know those are weird yeah. picks, but um, no, that's a really yeah. that's a really good one. Um, I know mine. Mine is do it. I get so lonely. lonely. Yeah, the yeah, titties yeah, yeah. pushed all the Just way up. up. She <laughs> was throat. the the titties in the, throat. in the world. <laughs> yes. Oh, t- there was no neck. It was chin titties, <laughs> uh, and I was just like, oh my god. And then at that same time together again like that will oh, always yeah. emotionally take me back i remember so that song beautiful. that song is just so warm to listen to and it just mm-hmm. it lifts you up and the uh, video was beautiful and um and then obviously like you know love all for you as every as everyone did yes yes what is yours i, I so because i i like grew up at that peak time when vh1 was still like playing 80s videos as well mm-hmm. so i remember yeah. loving her in the pleasure principle this is yes. where she's doing. She's wearing all denim. Principal she's doing choreography with the chair. Yeah. At one point, she dances and flips the chair over with the choreo, mm-hmm. and you're like, mind blown. So that one for the choreo. And then Girl. second, I think she's never looked as good as she looked in the video for Love Will Never Do Without You. Mm. Oh, I don't Remember think that, one? that one? It's yeah, all black and white. Yep. It's, it's like photography because like her Briss directed it. But she's in this lush desert <sighs> with like this tank top and like this beautiful smile. And it's all black and white. And then like one of the models dancing in the video is, uh, I can't say his name right, Jamon Hinsu, the guy from mm. Amistad. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, He's uh-huh. looking more beautiful than he ever did. And oh, Jaiman Hunsu? Oh, the ja- actor? Yes, I screwed it yeah, up. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, Jaiman yeah, yeah. Hunsu. Yes, yeah. yes. He's in He's in the video. She she like does this thing where she looks at the yes. camera and her hair's up in this cute that bun. Is and him. just like, this is Miss America right here. This is, this yes. is like yeah, the 100%. American dream. Janet Jackson. She when, she, when she gave you that smile, Forget it. Oh my god! I mean, Radiant. it's just everything. Sh- talk about superstar. Also, superstar. Wait, um, what was I just thinking? You said, oh, uh, when you said pleasure principle, 
Simone doing Simone. that lip sync on Drag Race. Are you watching Drag Race? Unbelievable. I'm behind. That's okay. That's well, good. That's okay. When you okay. when you resume, you will be so <laughs> gagged because in the first episode, Pleasure Principle is one of the lip syncs, and this queen Simone, really? who's like definitely gonna win the show, did it, and it okay. was it, so micro lived in. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go back to it and watch it. Also, I gotta apologize. To Mr. Hinsu. Hi, how do I say that man's last name? I think it's Jaiman Hunsu. Jaiman Hunsu, because we we can't screw up pronouncers. Like we get letters at the network if we screw oh, up. Sure, so of my, course, my, of I, course. I'm sorry, sir. But go ahead. <laughs> we we're not held to the same journalistic standards here. Um, <laughs> this is decidedly not NPR. It's actually rule is... of culture number one hundred and four. <laughs> Las Culturistas is decidedly not NPR. Decidedly, decidedly. <laughs> what 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 are I, what are our favorite Janet albums? Because I think because as soon as you said Pleasure Principle, I went Control as I think the all around for me. I know Control like, has no skips. Control has no Control skips. Has no it's skips. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Controls no skips. I think like you know, like Rhythm Nation is like maybe like the best like concept album in her in her in her sort of discography. But I think Control is like wow, like nasty. Um, like when I think of you, I'm, I'm like running out of time. But it's just that's that's a perfect album. Yeah, I, there's one that I got to go look up. Actually, hold on. One of her latter albums is it? Is it Demita Joe? Yes. Okay, because yes. I was just gonna Demita say, Joe. don't sleep on Demita Joe because Demita Joe is has got has got some stuff on it, and she is fully in her bag sexually. Oh, and yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. for me, the the one I'm always gonna think about is Velvet Rope, just because mm. it kind of came at that point it was in 97 so it was that point where i was discovering all these ladies for myself and that video the video where her hair is like red and it's like mm-hmm. kind of african themed which which song was that for oh god till it's gone the god till it's gone video yeah yeah god till it's gone yeah yes. with the joni mitchell sample oh my yes. gosh yeah yes. oh man my she, favorite demita joe track i'm gonna tell you because i'm pulling it up my favorite go. and i still run to it all the time all night in parentheses don't stop it's like the fast, like dancey one. Truly, okay, I'm truly this. thank you because that song did not get its due. It did not it was get really its good. due at all. It was so good. Her vocals sound incredible. She just always is so smooth and perfect. Mm-hmm. And like the you, you it, the thing with Janet is like if you really listen to the lyrics, it is a ride. Yes. And <laughs> a, another track that I feel like wasn't a huge hit which i honestly believe had the super bullshit not happened then this song would have been a huge hat hit is feedback feedback yes feedback, feedback, feedback. Was a bop. oh feedback i'll feedback. go her little open oh. now in hindsight when she's like my asian persuasion my asian uh, persuasion i'm gonna speak on behalf of the community i think we all loved it collectively i was like janet just said asian persuasion and feedback i was i was obsessed yeah i was obsessed yes. I mean, she performed All Night Don't Stop on SNL. I remember watching yes. her because the choreo was so yes, amazing. She did. Yep. And here's the thing that like no one wants to talk about. Michael Jackson was doing show your moves, but Janet was a better dancer. I'm sorry. <gasps> Janet was a better all around. Mm-hmm. She could do di- more different types of choreography. Mm-hmm. Michael just did Michael choreography. Y- sure, that is a really sure. interesting. Really good. I'm going to get letters. <laughs> I mean, Janet, it felt like could do all styles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And she had different choreographers at different phases in her career. And you saw the style change up. Remember J-Lo in the video for That's the Way Love Goes? Yep. 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 
Yep. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. God. We love it. And you know who else was an incredible dancer, pop star at that time who is, you know, we laugh about now, but Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul back oh, in the we, day. Do we, do we laugh about it now? We well, because she's just American now. Idol. She's just like meme-ish now. Like, you know, she had the reality show too. Like, I think that Paula, you know, she sat on that person in Borat. We honor Paula. We honor Paula, but I'm just saying that she had to ride a certain wave in the culture where she was like, you yeah, know, yeah. similar to everyone else. Like, we laughed a little bit at and with Paula with the American Idol of it all and some sure. of her narrative. But what I'm saying is she, as a dancing pop star, may be the best. Like oh, w- yeah. when you like truly, because she truly came out of dance and also mm-hmm. is intrinsically linked with Jana in that way because I wasn't Paula Janet's choreographer. She was. And 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 the Jackson family discovered Paula, she was a Laker girl and she would do yes. choreo for the Laker girls. Mm-hmm. Some of Michael's siblings and Janet's siblings saw her and said, we want her. Get, who yeah. was that? Get her. And she had the sparkle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh now God. she's in this commercial for some kind of medication. Have you seen <laughs> yeah. it yet? Oh, yeah. She, I've seen it. I've seen where it. she's dancing with a younger version of herself. And it's like, you know what, Paula, get your check. Well, and you know, the fine. thing, she, she's also now the lead judge on The Masked Dancer. Mass and I, actually, dancer, I, yeah. I saw her on How Watch do you what do happened. Masked Dancer? It, it's very shocking, but you, but you know, like, <laughs> how do you do it? You know how you do it. You put them in suits, they dance around. A surprise, one of them is Demi Lovato. I mean, like, <laughs> it's just a tale as old as time. How do you What's do it? What's going to happen next? Like, mass Girl. Netflix watcher? Like what? Yes. Like, what is you the know, bottom it would level? Sell. You know who'd buy that? Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but like she, well, Paula was on Watch What Happens Live, and you could tell that a she watches all the Housewives, which I loved, and b she to this day has such a sense of humor because Paul, uh, Andy did like. Um, top five moments from Paula's reality show on Bravo that were like insane. And it's just these five moments that are like, I don't know, Paula crying on the phone, Paula doing all this stupid shit. And Paula herself today is just laughing at it. Like what a fun thing. Like she's just like, (laughs) she's just like the consummate. I'm going to show up and get my check every time. There you go. Listen, listen. Yeah. And those checks Good cash. for her. They yeah. sure do. They sure do. <laughs> what was the, not to dwell on Paula, but remember the video where she was just like <laughs> dancing and singing with the Streetwise cartoon cat? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, DJ <laughs> Scat Cat. DJ Scat Cat. DJ Scat a, gra- Cat. a Grammy winning music video. <laughs> what? With the okay. music video won a Grammy? Yes, that's Paula's one Grammy. She won a hey. video. Oh yeah. Okay. Anna, can we just source that this is Verify true? But this? I'm almost positive that Paula Abdul's one Grammy win is best short form music video for Opposites Attract. You yes. know what's giving me life right now? Knowing that Paula <laughs> Abdul has one more Grammy than The Weeknd. Oh, we'll forever always have one more Grammy than The Weeknd. <laughs> Because yes. Abel, Abel ain't winning Grammys anymore. And <laughs> not, that's not confirmed. I was, I was right. Paula Abdul, yeah. Grammy winner for short form music video. Yes. Katy Perry, zero. The Weeknd, <laughs> zero. <laughs> Someone posted this. Justin Timberlake, 10 Grammy wins. I think Britney Spears, one. We yeah, live in wow. a society in which that happens, that, in, in which yeah. that is possible. Not to bring it back to Britney and Justin. Um, Although I'm always happy to do that. Okay, good. My, <laughs> my, 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 I think so, honey. I've decided we'll refer back to it. Um, yes. Just, just the conversation around it. And it really is like, I think that I, I've had it some time to digest the documentary now. And I'm like, the fact that I'm still thinking about it like a week out is a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and it, it's also making me rethink other women who just disappeared. Yeah. And now I'm like, maybe they left for their sanity. Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. of like Tracy Chapman. 
She was just Ugh. like humongous and everywhere. And then she was like, bye y'all. Yeah. I don't, see you later. And it's like, I get it. You have, like, you have to preserve yourself. And like, I don't know. I'll, I won't ever get angry again when a celebrity decides to stop being a celebrity because it's really freaking hard and right. it's an exploitative system. And right. seeing that doc reminds you of it. Totally. Totally. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed. Finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found Framebridge. I found Framebridge too. Framebridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a Framebridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. Framebridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for what you want to get framed, I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. You know, but when I sleep well, and I, know I, attribute, you do. I attribute that in many ways to the mattress that I sleep on. We both sleep on the Helix Midnight Mattress. It's given us sweet dreams aplenty. And the Helix lineup offers over 20 unique mattresses, including the reward-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections, the mm. Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids Mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts everywhere. Say it again. Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress 
mattress in under two minutes. Your personalized mattress is shipped right to your door free of charge. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Unique girl, the way you sleep is perfect. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash losculturistas. That's helixsleep.com slash losculturistas. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Did you guys read that piece on Shelley Duvall that just came out? I have I started. I'm like halfway through it. It also sounds like the industry kind of drove her crazy. Oh, I haven't. I, I need to read the whole article, but my takeaway from like a cursory like intake of the information over the years has been that like, oh, it was like the industry, but it was, it was also like maybe Kubrick like traumatized her on the set of The Shining or something, or she just like, oh my goodness, basically, like what, what, like what is it? Well, I mean, it was the industry at large, but what happened to her on The Shining was just an example of the way that she was treated a lot, which was just sort of men not having a lot of care for what a woman was going to have to do. Because if you watch The Shining, it's pretty She's much just like... screaming the entire time. Right. It's a, it's a hysterical performance of a woman that's being emotionally traumatized in the worst way you could imagine. Ugh. And um, he does extremely long shoots and asks for a lot of takes. And I think that the way it comes off in the article anyway is that she was just expected to and sort of, you know, uh, just counted on to provide that volume of hysteria throughout. Or she would sort of face like... Um, you know, his disappointment or his dismissal or, and really there was no one there to, to speak up for her. Yeah. Have you seen the BTS video? They're, like there's footage of like that, like them on set arguing. Mm, really? And she's like, I can't walk. She's like, I can't walk from the snow into this door. Like she's, she's telling him like, I can't do what you want me to do. Yeah. And he's just, I mean, he's not yelling at her, but he's just like very like resolutely like, well, you have to do it. Oh. And she's just like pleading with him, like, no, can we, can we like try to, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm paraphrasing the, the interaction, but it's truly like that stayed with me. I, I remember watching that video for the first time in college being like, oh my God, they really mistreated her. Um, and it's, it, it, it is this thing where I think she was completely, yeah, torn down by yeah. the industry. And, and then it's, this article talks specifically about that Dr. Phil interview. Right. Ugh. From like four years ago. That man, how is he still allowed? Oh my God. I, I don't. <laughs> He's just still around. Not to bring this into the conversation, but do we, do we stand? Do, do we, fault? we stand? No, 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 no. <laughs> do we, do we fault Oprah at all for bringing some of these people into the culture? You know, like your Dr. Oz's, your Dr. Phil's, um, your your Nate Burkus is just kidding. <laughs> I don't da- I don't falter for bringing them in because we didn't know at that of time. Course, like the nineties were different, but I kind of blame her for not speaking out about them now. Yeah, Ooh. she can say things now, right? She certainly has a platform to, um, if she wanted to, uh, help change the face of what daytime television has become. This is not her responsibility, and I almost don't even think at the time it was her responsibility because the audience responded a certain way. Yeah, and the resp- audience responding. You know what? I really was 
really was driving me nuts before we got on here is I was hearing about how tomorrow or by the time this episode comes out, this interview will be out there already. But Tamron Hall is having Sherry Pie from Drag Race on her show to talk about how there were those allegations and then were confirmed to be true by Sherry herself about how Sherry was posing as a casting director and basically getting guys to put themselves on tape and do pornographic shit with this promise that they were going to be cast in a sh- in a show or movie that Sherry was producing. She used a fake name, Allison Mossy Casting, and she got these guys to do, you know, explicit stuff on camera and send it to her w- under the guise of like, you'll get a role in a project. And when this came out, Sherry Pie was was disqualified from Drag Race after the season had already shot and she was a finalist. Uh, so they had to completely edit her out. But now it's it's, it's a year over a year later that this has happened. Mm-hmm. And Tamron Hall is having Sherry on the show. And the way that the interview was promoted was sort of like... Um, it's fra- it frames Sherry as the victim. Yeah, yeah it's like, Go, you know, sorry. after being hit mm. with these lewd accusations and getting the boot from Drag Race, breakout star Sherry Pie has something to say, finally. You won't want to miss this. And it's like, why are we framing... Were the men underage at all? They weren't. I don't believe that they were. It's still a bad move. <laughs> yeah, it's not sure. the It just It sparked a conversation uh, around like the extent of assault or like if like, or just coer- coercing anybody Coercion, to like, yeah. it's, it's, it was just, that was the frame around it. But now it's like, but now, yeah, this, I, I was reading some, some of the Tamron Hall, like promotional language. And it was like kind of trying to like make it seem that Sherry was unjustly like taken out of this competition. I don't know. But it'd be, and that, that might be subjective, but, anyway. but if, and I'm just hearing about this from y'all, if it's true that Sherry made up a fake company and did fake casting to get the nudes, mm-hmm. how do you not say that's just bad? Yeah, it's it's, it's just. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like it's 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 beyond catfishing. It's like fraud. And also, we should yeah. say she also told some of the guys when they sent her the videos, "You should use steroids. You need to be bigger." And then a couple of the guys actually did. Oh, that's so, oh so, so there was also like a coercion into like drug use and apparently you know at least one of them had lasting issues because of that so this was emotionally and physically traumatic um in a you know profound way and so i in thinking about you know the way that these daytime tv narratives keep happening where you know I just wonder if Tamron Hall on this show have the real best interests of the survivors at heart. If now they're coming out and saying, we don't want this to air. We don't mm-hmm. support this. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see mm-hmm. why Sherry Pine needs a platform. We don't necessarily understand who's going to benefit from it besides her. Who's clearly starting to try to re-enter the narrative in the public. And, um, you know, Tamron Hall is a good journalist and she's a great interviewer and I've seen her hold people's feet to the fire a lot. But when you see an interview marketed and promoted this way, it's a mm. red flag for me. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, because, yeah. because what, what I think is going to happen is this is really going to be fed to the community that hasn't heard about this, which is like 
straight people who are hungry mm-hmm. right now to go yum, 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 cancel culture narrative that I can talk mm-hmm. shit about. So it's like, I don't want this to be framed as yet another thing of cancel culture because she actually was an abuser and yes, she admitted yeah. to it. So yeah. also, I don't understand, folks. You do something like that. You end up on a show like Drag Race and expect no one will ever find out. Right. Right. It's all. It, it's gonna come out at some point. Like it's. It is increasingly difficult to ever really cover your tracks, folks. Mm-hmm. Like totally. you gotta just like know what you could. It's like, would it have gone better had they told Drag Race right before they started? Even like this is in my past. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna find out. It was. It was ongoing during the competition. It was something that had like been happening and was still in process. Wait, so, while they were on the show, they were still doing this. They had just been like it was like a part wow. of their deal. You know what I mean? Like this was a this was like a pathological behavioral oh, thing. So yeah, so that's I guess how it gets even darker. And all yeah. the Rue girls are like. Don't give her this platform. They're, I mean, they're very vocal about it. Jackie Cox tweeted about it. You know, a lot of the girls have tweeted about it. But it's, it, it's, it, it, it was interesting in thinking of the daytime TV thing because there are such sensationalist narratives that happen every single day on those programs. Um, and you know, it's just interesting that it kind of gets away with it because, like, it's during the day, or mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm, he's a doctor, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, like, uh-huh. or she's a serious journalist, you know. But it's like, wait, hold on a second. Like, ultimately, these are feeding large corporations, and so we do oh, have yeah. to think about what the hell is going on. It's like fucking American Idol having Conway on. Like, this is essentially <sighs> Disney presents American Idol presents the Kanye Re- Conway redemption arc. That's mm-hmm, really yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah. 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 I always am flabbergasted by how much The View will trend on Twitter. Speaking of like daytime TV, uh-huh. I didn't know that that many people still watch The View, but I guess people everybody love the does. View. It's, yeah. yeah it's, mm. I've been a watcher anyway. of The View for, for many years, but I find it hard to watch <laughs> now because, um, well, we are one of our panel members. So someone who makes all the rules for this show um, is Megan McCain. Like we have to check with her before we do any bits and stuff to see if it's cool with her. Um, and she can be a little bit difficult. She's very sort of strict. She wants this to be a very PG sort of conservative podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we, we always have sort of conflict with her, but no, in all seriousness, it is hard for me to watch the view because she's on it. I find her so um, bratty and sort of petulant. Well, and it's like, she must, I'm like, are you having fun, Megan? Or do you like this? Is there a better Uh, space for you where you're just not constantly at odds with the whole rest of the folks there? See, I I would be unhappy if I were in her position. I honestly just find, I think she's just an an unhappy person, no matter the context. Because I remember early days of, but this was back, this is ages ago, back when I like, Loved Rachel Maddow when she first was on the air, but like she would have Megan on. Mm-hmm. And Megan at that point was just like a reporter for the Daily Beast, but she would come on and just like have that, like she would have that petulance. And, and you could tell Rachel didn't really know what to do with it, but and yet she still kept coming on. And then it's this thing, like, I guess I can commend Megan McCain for being able to like go into different spaces and like get her personality, get her point of view across. Like she's on what watch what happens live all the time with like SE cup. And I'm just, I'm truly perplexed. I'm like, how, how does this keep happening? How do we still allow her to like, I'm sorry, this sounds so toxic, but it's like, 
we we there's we've we've progressed past the need for Meghan McCain. I really believe that we have as like a media figure. Anyway, I don't want to step out of the lane that I have to be in working for NPR. But for me, it's not even about ideology. It's no, about no, the way yes, that she same, wants to have same. a conversation. She is, yeah. it seems like she's never having a conversation to like learn and exchange ideas. She's having right. a conversation to make it an argument. She yeah. wants it to end up as an argument. And it's like, yeah. uh, no, please, no. Well, yeah. you'll notice that a theme of almost every single time Megan McCain is trending is that she has somehow managed to get across how hard it is for her. It's so hard for her to get the conservative uh, ideas across. It's so hard for her as a real conservative when Trump is running the GOP. It's so hard for her, her, her. It's always mm-hmm, about mm-hmm, her. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, that is what is frustrating to watch because you're not watching an issue debated. You're watching someone yes, express yes, yes, that yes, they're yes. having a difficult time processing something. And it's like, yes, Welcome to what it's like for everyone in the world. Yeah. It's a yeah. complicated gray yeah. area. I understand you're a traditional conservative and you're at odds with what your party is, but um, this is about the country and not you. And it's interesting because she thinks she's always arguing for the country, but all she's I ever hear and all Megan. she ever trends yeah, yeah, about yeah. is like, you know, me, 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 which is probably a lot of the way that she was brought up as a senator's daughter and the princess of Arizona. Um, yes. which AD Bryant played on SNL. <laughs> um, let's, let's, let's really just get, get all this toxicity out. We're so let's sorry to bring this Let's get the toxicity out. But we need to ask Sam the burn question. Burn some sage. Yeah. Let's burn the sage in the Zoom. We have to ask Sam the question we ask all of our guests. And that mm-hmm. is, Sam, what is the culture that made you say culture is for me? Matt, what does this question mean? It means so many things, Bowen, and I'm so happy to sort of get in there and streamline it for the for the audience and for Sam or the readers and and Sam. So basically, this is the moment in pop culture that made you say, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yep, mm-hmm. got it, 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 got it. Cool, 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 cool. Yes. For me, for me yeah. and I've agonized over this the last few days. <gasps> and I was like, well, and for a second, I was like, oh, I know what it is. It's the day when Mariah Carey's Honey video premiered and it was shown every hour on the hour on MTV. But it's <clears> actually <throat> not that. That is a number oh? two to just <gasps> the cultural phenomenon that was VH1 in the 90s because oh. it was an education. It was an education, if you'll recall. So I was born in 84. That means I was like entering my teenage years in the mid 90s when VH1 was still ascendant. And what VH1 was doing back then was like a true music history education. Because they had two things. They had pop-up video and they had behind the music. music. Mm -hmm. And you were learning things. You were learning things. And I remember being 12 years old, having like a working knowledge of Duran Duran. Yeah. Because like VH1 taught me, right? And so between that, I think VH1 and giving me this sense of like music history and the and, and and the substance behind pop music through those two shows, it kind of like taught me that it is okay to be a total stan and geek for music and for celebrity because there's mm-hmm. depth to it and there's layers to it. And it's like when you watch the behind the music for Celine Dion or behind the music for Fleetwood Mac or for MC mm. Hammer or for TLC or, or Thank like you, Shania TLC. Plain, okay, I'm so happy. That was the best one. When she burned that house down, oh my God. But it's like, here is how you go bankrupt at when, after selling 9 million <laughs> records. Boom, and boom, get boom, ready boom, to boom. do your math. Yes. 
Yes. And like, it taught me that like every song that I heard on the radio had a story behind it, mm-hmm. had a culture behind it, had real people's lives affected by it. And it is worth caring a lot about that. I think a lot of heteronormative culture teaches us that pop and celebrity and shit yeah. that the gay kids like is frivolous. And VH1 all the time was saying, no, it's not. There's layers to this shit. Let us show you. So I think that, and like, I ended up being a music major in college. Like I, I was a musician. I played the saxophone. I still do. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if I would have gotten as heavy into music if not for VH1, if that makes sense. Really? I really, and like, it's hard to overstate how weird they were. So besides doing a lot of music history in the nineties with those shows, they also played a really interesting mix of stuff. Like half of it was just top 40, but VH1 would do like a lot of adult Adult contemporary. contemporary. contemporary, They played the hell out of Sean Colvin. I still probably know every word to Sonny Came Home. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so like, I was this little black nerd in South Texas Mm. who was like prepared to give you a soliloquy on Sean Colvin and Duran Duran and could tell you like Shania Twain's backstory at the age of 13. I love that. So I would say VH1 in its 90s era of educating the youth was the culture that made culture for me. This is one of my favorite answers anyone's ever given. And it takes someone like Sam who like is able to like draw, connect every dot. That is so great. And you're right. Cause where else would you have gotten that education? You wouldn't have learned. Well, and then I think of the kids now, like y'all have seen, and y'all actually had a skit about these two young kids who do the reaction videos. Oh, twins, the new trend. Yeah. Yeah. As they play the oldies. That wouldn't have happened if they had VH1. Right. That wouldn't have happened. Like I knew. I knew about like I knew disco songs in yeah, my uh-huh. youth mm-hmm. because they, like wow. it was it, like VH1 was teaching you that, and so now part of me sees Gen Z discovering these songs through TikTok for the first time. Half of me says it's cute, That's and half of so me says we failed you, babies. We oh. failed you. We need to educate yeah. y'all. I see exactly what you're saying. And then there, there was this piece that came out in New York Magazine last week about how TikTok is as great as it is. Uh, as a platform for, for, for new music, it is sort of flattening it in a way. I think the headline is like how TikTok is flattening music, but it's like talks about driver's license or Olivia Rodrigo as an example, which I was like, I, th- I was like, I think it's just a great song. But then the way that like it outlines like how deliberately proliferated it was makes me go, oh, okay. So this is the uh, new apparatus for it. And there's no like dis- genuine, authentic, organic discovery of like, new stuff old stuff that like is in the same like container that is like a vh1 like a vh1 show or something like that i think it's important to remember that there's always been apparatus apparatus of course yeah, yeah through yeah. which the the music business would manipulate how songs performed i mean like yes you yes, know yes. like with radio like they were able to inundate radio and they're doing it now with tiktok it is like an interesting advancement of mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. of the way the music business can can decide for itself what is popular um but I, I do think it's it's interesting that we are maybe like that last generation because I too am a 90s VH1 kid because I wasn't allowed yeah. to watch MTV, which I oh. also think is a thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but tr- genuine education on music yes. history through through that type of engagement. And it's also true of television too, like, because these 
Gen Z kids also don't know the classic sitcoms. And it's so oh, yeah. interesting to see them be revisited by something like WandaVision. Because I think that a lot of people are going to watch these I Love Lucy throwbacks and the Bewitched throwbacks and be like, that's crazy. What, what and this? not yeah, even yeah, yeah. understand and or have a vocabulary for that type of culture in the way that we do. And I do think that that those shows behind the music and pop-up video were doing a service. Oh, they yeah. were not just entertainment, but they were education. I remember more uh, from those things in terms of like things I learned as a child than I did from school for sure. Yeah, yeah. My favorite pop-up video was probably Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson's Scream video. Because they end up revealing in the little pop-ups that at that point, it was the most expensive music video ever made. They spent $7 million just making that. Insane. Insane. That's another giant video. We got it. We got it. We got to mention. The white leather. Yeah. (gasps) So like y'all mentioned how songwriting itself and the songs are changing to fit TikTok. What's Mm. crazier. And I had this. So I had... uh, the two hosts of this music podcast called Switched on Pop. I had them on my show. Oh, I love Switched on Pop. Check, oh. It's a great show. Great but they've show. dug deep into how the Spotify algorithm has resulted in shorter pop songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Because like what determines if you get on the playlist, uh, part of it is whether or not people listen to the whole song. And if they yes. play your whole song all the way through, it bumps you up. So now songwriters make the song shorter so that you'll play it all the way through. The average pop hit used to be three and a half minutes. I think Old Town Road was just over two minutes. It's crazy. Right. You'll see like all our, like on like Ariana's records, like it's like 247. Like they're no yeah. longer than three minutes. And also I, I was wondering why it seems like there's so many long albums, like a lot of tracks, because that helps album streams. Exactly. Right. So, like so Drake has mastered that game. Drake will have 37 100%. songs on his albums because you know, you'll just hit play and it's like more spins for the, it's yeah. crazy. There's little hacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that like the incentives are new now to like formally change and alter like what an album is because now it's just, I mean, like we've known for years now that like the album has been reduced to like the square and like it's not like you you don't buy a sleeve at the record store, you don't buy like a even like a CD case anymore, and it's like there's nothing tactile about it. And so now it's just like I do mourn the fact that albums are just completely abstract in a lot of ways now well there's 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 less acknowledgement of the of the village it took to make a thing because there's yeah. no liner notes yeah i remember reading mm. the liner notes of albums as a kid i remember always d'angelo's voodoo album had the most intense liner notes ever so besides mm-hmm. the credits on the album he had written this essay about how his music was informed by uh Prince and other musicians, and it was like this ode to folks that he loved. Mm-hmm. It was the, it was this wonderful companion to the album that just doesn't happen anymore, and I miss that. Yeah, but I yeah. will say this this like idea that like the plat like the platforms have always changed the art. So you know, yes, we thought that the three and a half minute single was just the way it happened. They were that long because when records were ascendant, that was the right length to fit on that size of a record in that yes. moment. Yeah, and so it's this is always the way it works, and mm-hmm. like I don't know what happens next, but I do think we're gonna go a little too far towards too short, too quick hits. Like I want some double album flex energy with like nine minute long songs again. Yeah. And I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I hope so. Yeah. Well, when something becomes that, I mean, there will be someone that just breaks through that, and and it's got it's gonna be someone that is like one of our few 
people right now who's like at artist level. Like watch Rihanna come back and it's just three long songs. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. like, and be like, eat it and deal with it. And we'll no, be understand. like, yes, ma'am, I will. Right. Understand I'm not playing by your rules. Here's three 16 minute long songs. And you're um, not going to hear from me for another seven years. Yeah. And, and then yep. she disappears in a cloud of weed smoke. She's like, I'm mm-hmm. gone. I don't give a fuck about this. And never <laughs> yeah. did. Well, like, yeah. People forget the last time that everyone listened to an album all the way through at the same time when it came out Beyonce, was when Beyonce yeah. told us to. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. it. But Since we'll Lemonade, we haven't had that. Right. Yes. And it's funny oh, yeah. that like you think like it sort of happened with Taylor Swift too. But the thing is like with Beyonce, it's like it it, it really does feel like a piece. Yes. You know, and, and because even even with folklore and, and evermore, like those tra- those are track by track. Beyonce felt like, and she did announce it as such, but there are visual arc. pieces. There yes, was an there yes. was an arc to both, and I think that's that's how you know, like there are st- there are still those things happening. They're few and far between, but those artists aren't. Like she doesn't feel the need to play the two minute, 30, 13 second game. Oh, yeah. Like Beyonce yeah, would no. never be thirsty enough to like yeah. need the streams. You, you know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. it does end up feeling a little transparent and thirsty when I see a 17 track album with, you with know, two songs, songs on it. With two minute <laughs> songs. And uh, especially when there's five songs that obviously can go. And I mean, sure. that's, that's been a, a lot yeah. recently. Yeah. I have, a th- I have a thought. I'm curious to see what you guys think. So Taylor Swift is re-recording all her old music just to like, um, because just to... Uh, the Scooter Braun stuff, right? Yeah. The Scooter Braun stuff. She, you know, she... Is it like that she's like... The, her masters were sold. She's, she's just re-recording them so she owns the songs. She will um, now own the masters. Fr- she will she now own the masters. Them, yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking, is this is this the equivalent to like reboot? app like treatment in terms of music where I, I don't mind it but I'm like and Taylor needs to, there's a reason why Taylor is doing this but I'm thinking like are we going to maybe see this from other artists where they are dipping back into their old music and like it's, which is also not itself a new concept but it's like I feel like this might happen now with certain artists where they go oh let me just like redo some of my older stuff does that sound fully crazy I feel like it might not I don't it. think it sounds crazy I would at love all. it and I would love to hear what artists would sound like doing their old stuff now. Imagine mm-hmm. Beyonce re-recording mm. B Day or Four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Let them all do it. I would love Let that. Them all do it. Let them all it do it. Kinda, it feels kind of like Joni Mitchell, but not quite. Where it's like, okay, this, these are like reimaginings of songs, like decades later. Like that is so emotional, and and so like I want to listen to that. Um, I don't know. I just, I kind that something about that really fascinates me because I uh. really do think now I am excited for the fearless Taylor's version re-release. I'm like, I, I'm excited for these old Taylor Swift songs that I, that I remember loving and I still love, but now I'm like, Oh, her voice is matured. They're going to the feel different. Yeah. They're going to feel different. And I already, I already love the love story uh, sort of re-record the Taylor's version. Like I find it to be a really interesting thing that might be, the new mental model for some artists. I don't know. I have two favorite Taylor Swift songs, and y'all are bigger Taylor fans than me. Mm-hmm. But "Lover" <laughs> is a perfect song. I love "Lover." Oh, and thank let me you for tell saying you the that. other one. The other one. I used to sit on the stoop of my duplex, chain smoking cigarettes after Corey dumped me. This ah, song, what Corey! was the song? 
He lost. He's such a loser. Can I say something? No, well, I'm not friends with him, and I think Corey's a fucking loser. No, I don't need to know anything else. In the midst of that breakup, I would sit on the front stoop, chain smoking, to finally clean. The moment oh, Imogen Heath. Oh, clean. Clean. Yes. clean. Yes. Fabulous. I mean, Every wow. You, so you're, works. You, can, you feel your emotional tailor. I feel, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that you're, stuff. Are, are you a Pisces? Make me cry. Are you, what's I'm your a Leo. Emotion? I'm a Leo. Leo. Drama. Very interesting. Drama. Yeah, drama. Yeah. I, I loved your interview with Phoebe Bridgers so much because yeah. you also... You also said that you cried to her I album. sure do. So my ah. routine, because I got into Phoebe when I was in Texas this past year, because at a certain point during lockdown in like LA, I was in downtown LA and I was like, why am I, let me go take uh-huh. my money to San Antonio, Texas, where it goes a lot farther and it's a uh-huh. lot quieter. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things to do would uh, be to take my dog Zora out to McAllister Park. It's one of those parks that's so big, like it's just kind of like hiking basically sure. off leash. And I would be playing Phoebe Bridgers watching my dog chase deer that she would never catch gently weeping <laughs> and it was like phoebe thank you and of course the first thing i told her in the interview was like i cried at your music yeah she's like yeah and she took it so well because she goes thank you so much and she goes i love that this is like my thing now is that people will come up to me being like your music has destroyed me and i have to be like thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah you know yeah, yeah. that yeah. is that oh. has to be so gratifying though to know that you are at this point, millions of people's like emotional release. Like yes. she, that really has been like a function that she has provided in so many people's lives. Like, oh yeah. And, and it, it's it for me, I guess for me, that happened with Maggie Rogers a few years ago. Yeah. And I feel like people yeah. are feeling it now in this it, Phoebe Bridgers is sort of hitting a similar nerve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and yeah. like I love that, like, well, one, we got a lot of feedback from listeners after that interview. Her fan base is mm. all over. A yeah. lot of middle-aged dads wrote me and were like, bro, I felt this. I feel uh-huh, Phoebe. Uh-huh. Like she has, she has stands all across the spectrum. It's really beautiful. I know, I know. And she was about to start touring in Japan. I feel like she has like international like oh, yeah. um, appeal. Like she, I mean, she's, she's phenomenal. She's, she's here really to great. stay. One of my favorite songs of all time is probably Funeral. It's just oh, from her like, first album. Yeah. yeah, it's such. It's one. It's just a beautiful poem. But then Ugh. there's this majestic string arrangements going on, and the second verse that just crescendos to this wonderful like cut. Ugh, it's so good. Anyways, I, oh. I'll stop because I can keep going on her. I no. I feel like I feel like Megan is winning best new artist, but I would not be surprised if Phoebe Bridgers has votes. Like yes. she's gonna get sure, tons sure. of votes, and I also think that. You know, feels like she's peaking at a good time for that. I just know that, you know, that Best New Artist Award, like you forget, that's an important thing. Because yes. really, like it sets a tone. Like when Dua won Best New Artist, Dua won it, I was not motivated her. It's when Future Nostalgia was what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, it put pressure on her to like, yeah. I, th- I think she said in interviews like that the Grammy put pressure on her to deliver something really elevated. Um not that Megan needs it, not that Phoebe needs it, but I mean, either of them would be like worthy recipients. Yeah. 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 And what I love is that like, it seems like all of them probably like, like each other and their yeah. music. Oh, sure. It seems like they'd all be really cool, you know, <laughs> with each other. <laughs> then there's the spoiler in that category, which is Doja. No, Doja, Doja deserves it. Too. I wanted to hate on Doja. 
but she's talented. She, she is can very dance talented. Too. She can dance. I've seen a, a few of her like award show performances. Yep. She's got the moves. She's hitting she really the step does. always. VMAs, AMAs. Yes. She's always on. Billboard I'm Music like, Awards. Billboard Music Awards. True star quality. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say that I wish that like these musicians, these best new artist musicians, like campaign together the way that like Oscars, like, <laughs> like campaigns oh, happen. Yeah. Like, where, like they're all in the same together. interviews. Yeah, that yeah. would be amazing. Well, because Phoebe Bridgers likes Megan The Stallion. She's like, talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like Megan? Imagine Come she on. was like, well, I, there's people in the category I don't care for. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I just feel like in terms of like, you know, she got the nomination and in terms of how much she's impacted the culture, like it would be nice to see that. No, anybody recognize Megan The Stallion as being like the best new artist of the year in terms of like impact and also like, just Output artistic and, relevance, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. But Phoebe's incredible, and I do love Doja. Like you could, you could see some of those those awards <sighs> performances. Like when she did the Billboard Music Awards and she did the Roxy Heart, um, yes. like like that illusion. I was like, yeah. she's saying, it's "I'm good. give this is for the gays only," <laughs> like, <laughs> and I appreciated it. Yeah. Also, her verse on that Ariana remix, yeah, uh-huh. is great. It's better. Th- it's better than Megan's. I mean, they're both yeah. great, <gasps> but I'm telling you, because because Ooh. like Doja is really melodic. She's always a little sing songy, and she's kind of uh-huh. singing. Uh-huh. I like that. I like it. Yeah, I I think I think I might agree. I do love Megan's verse on it, yeah. but Doja is. I always love Megan, but Doja, she is. What is the what does Wendy say? The moment. Now come on, well, now. she's what a up? legend. She's got a point. She's got a point. She's a legend. She's an, she's an icon. Icon, and she is, she she is. the is. moment. The moment. No, come now, on, come on, on now. now. <laughs> I love that there's two nows. Now, come on. Now, come on now. Now, come on now. The now, perfect accent. You know, it's it's hard to give um, Doja the W there in 34-35 because I also, in WAP, I'm always like feeling like, I feel like Cardi is the one that kills this. Like, it is Cardi's song, but she sets the tone in that. And I, I don't know. Cardi slays WAP, but then... Megan comes in with your honor. I'm a freak bitch. And when she says your honor, <laughs> yes. I, I yes, just, I, that is bitch. so funny to me. Like to think Put of her testifying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> your honor. I'm a freak bitch. I'm a freak. I like the new Cardi song too. Up. I really oh, like yeah, it a lot. Up is if great. It's, up, it's up. real good. The video yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Megan, it's that she's always been like, coolly confident yeah that's been yes. her stuff she changed her handle recently not her handle but her name on twitter yesterday <laughs> was her Snow. birthday tina stone I, I got excited i was like are you gonna do something with that character again that was like on what her, uh. one of her first albums or mixtapes tina mm-hmm. snow um huh. like this play this like playmate like imagery and fatale heightens the moment yeah that has some of my favorite megan's that was like that was like old school quote-unquote megan i don't know if you can call it that but like that was when i first discovered her and she had like big old freak and it freak is still the jam big old freak oh my god so good good. that was the one bowen first showed me he was like you have to he's like we're gonna listen to megan and the first song we need is big old freak it's big old freak and he would always be (laughs) flitting around bowen yang would always be saying big old freak and then he would giggle <laughs> to big, himself. Big old treat. Oh. Yeah, he would, and he would be giggling about and sort of flouncing about and saying, "Big old freak." I could Hell tell yeah. he was feeling himself. That Megan had impacted. That beat is an Al Shore sample. Yes. and Al Shore is a biological father of one of Diddy's kids. Oh, oh. Diddy's light skinned son is Al Shore's son. 
Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I mean, yeah, check behind the music. Checking. Behind the music. Come <laughs> there on. There we go. <laughs> Honestly, you, you should reboot it. Is it still going? I, is behind the music still a thing? I don't know. I don't believe it is. I, I think it should exist though. And I think I that agree. there's a way. If I were VH1, I'd be like, how are we making behind the musics and digestible enough packages for TikTok? Mm. Oh, that's that's really good. I mean, the closest thing that there is now in TV form is like a song exploder on Netflix, which is also phenomenal that's viewing. So that's but true. I, but there is something about the way that behind the music really stepped out the narrative, like like the Fleetwood Mac thing. Like that's probably the re- the way that I learned about. Oh yeah, you know, the rumors of it all. You know, it's like I, yeah. I wouldn't have known about all that stuff if it weren't for that behind oh, the music. Yeah. And like, and it should come from like a not a central place, but from like a big place where there's like journalistic authority behind it. Does that make sense? Like, oh totally. I don't totally. know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of what well, you know. If my management is listening, Ooh. NPR Music, do this. NPR oh, Music, yeah. do it. Do Why it. Not? Why I not? Think, oh my god. And it, even if it was just like an extension of like the podcast or something. I just feel like it's something that needs to happen because I do think that like people would, would really want it. Like I, I, especially like for that generation that felt just out of reach for us culturally. And for example, someone like me learning about Pat Benatar, I yes. love that. Like, who's the who is the little gay boy right now? Who would they want to hear about? Is it like Jewel? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, who who yeah. is popular for us that they want to hear about? Yeah. Like, you know what? I feel like there's an appetite for that. There is. I feel like the Gen Z kids need like a behind the music on like Brandy. Exactly yes. right. People forget there was a moment when Brandy was the zeitgeist. Huge. She was oh, in Cinderella. She had Moesha. She yep. was doing the albums. Oh, people forget, forget it. Forget. I mean, and people also forget just how influential she is as a female R&B vocalist. You know, she's she referred to in that community as the vocal Bible. And like, I think yes. that obviously because she's a black woman, she is dealt um, a shitty hand by the culture in terms of nostalgia for her. And it's kind of, sort of nice to see her getting this moment right now with um, the Brandy Cinderella, which is that yeah. I always, I always call it the Brandy Cinderella. It's called by Cinderella. Cinderella, but for me, it's Brandy Cinderella. <laughs> it's the Brandy Cinderella is now yeah. on Disney Plus, and she just released B Seven, and she's like got the Moesha reboot. So it feels like a nice moment for yes. Brandy respect right now. And I would love yes. like a companion piece that it, maybe this is an idea for you, Sam, but a companion yes. piece that is like let's actually remember like the impact of you know, the Brandy moment. Yes. And the vocals. She was, she had such vocal control. There are these YouTube videos of her just joking around, singing like in the car, playing around. And that's pitch perfect. You know, like Mm. my favorite Brandy album is probably Full Moon, but there's a few tracks on there where you're just like, you weren't hearing a voice that smooth in that era of R&B. She was the one. She was the one. Yeah, She also made it seem easy. In a mm-hmm. way, which is just like it's be- it's because it was so natural to her, and she didn't have like this huge tone, uh, like like a, like a big like sort of like belty tone. She was very much like you know she had like that silky sort of pillowy sound, and mm-hmm. I think that because she didn't have this big booming Whitney Houston voice, people don't put her on that level. But in terms of vocal dexterity, in terms of like having yes. an ear, in terms of um, you know, the way that her vocals were laid in together. Like if you listen to How Have You Ever, like that yes. is a genius, pr- pr- geniusly produced song. Um, and also in terms of range, like 
when she gets into the bridge on that song where it's like she goes Have there. You ever it's like it's so high and mm-hmm. she's also in her basement on the verses so <laughs> yeah she she is she's got it have you ever been in love i mean that song is hard yeah uh, oh yeah she made it sound easy she sure did mm. i love her i love her have Monica you watched the brandy All cinderella yet have you reindulged i haven't reindulged i need to i remember when it came out back then mm-hmm. how big of a headline it was because there were people who were like will america buy a multiracial cast on this classic and then it it's got like Cinderella. 17 million viewers yeah right 17 <sighs> million viewers watched it that first weekend it was out if i recall correctly yeah it must have been that huge it's like if you have a hard time believing that a cast could be multi-ethnic you're gonna have a really hard time believing they're gonna take a glass slipper around the whole town and try to get one shoe to fit in it and then based <laughs> yeah. on that he marries her you're gonna have a real hard time then girl if logic is your your fucking hill you're gonna die on with cinderella mama girl yeah. like you accept the pumpkin becoming a carriage yeah you know but you got some no questions, questions about <laughs> yeah no and questions no questions about, about the fairy godmother tweedledee deedledee doodling in with nothing else but a shimmer and a pop like i mean <laughs> yeah Girl, yeah, yeah. <laughs> forget it. Oh my god, will they buy it? Will they will buy, buy it? it? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Whitney in that, oh, beautiful. So Whitney beautiful. in the Preacher's Wife soundtrack, which I still play <gasps> a lot. Step by step from the Preacher's yes. Wife. Oh my yes. god. So oh, I mean, I'm. I would imagine that you've you frequented. It's like a YouTube video of Brandy and Whitney like prepare rehearsing together. <laughs> Do it impossible? Impossible. Yes. That one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And where Brandy's like giving. So Brandy recently talked about there's a part where she goes, yeah. And she's like giving Whitney a note and she's giving her the low version of the note because she didn't want to belt the octave up in rehearsal, but she was giving Whitney that note. And Whitney looks at her in the eyes and goes, why are you down there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Br- Brandy that. recently cleared it up. She was like, no, I was giving her the note, the octave down because I can't just belt this thing out in rehearsal that she's going to be doing. So that's where the confusion was on I that love one. It. I <laughs> love it. Why are you down there is up there with Patti <laughs> LaBelle doing, where my background singer? Yeah, yeah. Singer. It's like, Why are you yeah, down yeah. there? <laughs> the, the, just like the it. interrogative tone. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, and also, people forget Whitney was a mentor to all of the young ladies in the industry. Yes. As they were coming up, she mentored Alicia Keys a lot behind mm. the scenes. They were close. They were friends. She was. Oh, she was. She really. I don't know. She was. It's such a loss. It's such a loss. It's yeah. such a loss. Um, yeah. And oh God, this like this. It, it was, we're coming up on nine years. I think we passed the nine year mark. <laughs> Oh, wow. it really, it's crazy that she's been gone that long. I know, I know. Um, it hit me hard really, when it happened. So I took a day off of work after she died. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, no. Yeah. Because it was just like. Grammys and it was. It felt so sudden. It was a Grammy week. And then when every time you found out more details, it just got more and more sad. Yeah. It got more Ugh. and more sad. I cannot Absolutely. believe that Clive Davis still had that party that night. I yeah. cannot believe it that guy is the worst and i can't believe that she died in that hotel and mm-hmm. that he didn't cancel that event like mm-hmm. uh, or or that if he was going to have it it wasn't entirely about her, about her and her legacy especially her history at that clive davis pre-grammy party in particular like that mm-hmm. was one of her biggest industry coming out moments like i just i, I he obviously you know, he took, he's one of the many that took and took and took from her. I have yep. no respect for him. Yeah. There are yep. so many pieces about how 
truly just monstrous he was as it mm-hmm. specifically as it pertained to Whitney. Mm-hmm. Um, it's dark. It's dark, you guys. Remember when he put out, was it a year or two or three ago, he put out his autobiography or like his memoir? Yeah. And he was like, oh, turns out I'm like actually bi. Yeah. Right. And I think he was waiting for this outpouring of support, but everyone was like, okay, whatever, sis. Great. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. We don't like you that much. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. the devil. Ugh. Well, it's important that he is the devil. <laughs> um, he actually is the devil. And so the devil is the devil being bi actually doesn't surprise me at all. I knew the devil was bi. The, 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 the devil is chaotic bisexual. <laughs> rule of culture, That's a rule number, of culture 93. number 93 the devil, the is, devil a chaotic is a chaotic bisexual, bisexual. <laughs> oh, wow 100%. there's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of bubbly bubbly burst refreshing bubbles colorful bottles and playful smiles galore bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible and with no added sugar and low calories there's a lot to smile about each sip adds a burst of fun to your day i don't know about you matt but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com.
Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas that's chime.com forward slash culturistas chime feels like progress the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply out of network atm withdrawal and otc advance fees may apply terms and conditions apply go to chime.com slash disclosures for details i do want to ask sam before we move on i don't think so honey sam i feel like i feel like it's been a minute is truly like the perfect synthesis of like pop culture again, like I said, and like news of the day, news of the oh, week. Thank you. What are what are like how how do you and the team like figure out what to cover? Because I really think that there is the specificity and this like art to like the 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 point of view of the show, and like it makes me always want to listen and and consistently like tune in. Absolutely, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I think there's a few things like in general. If there's a story that it feels like everyone is covering to death, our goal is to either find a different angle on it or just skip mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. we skipped this second impeachment. We were just like, what do yeah. we yeah. add? What do I sure. add? You yeah, know, like, right. exactly. I can't do anything with that that won't, that would feel new. So we just went elsewhere. And then I think the other thing besides that is like, when we started the show, we probably covered more topics and we probably wanted mm-hmm. our, our main desire was to help people laugh about the week of news. But as the news cycles have gotten more depressing and the world has just started to feel worse, we've kind of leaned into also allowing the show to be a space for people to just like shed some tears and like have a little emotional mm. catharsis. Um, so it's still a fun show, but we're laughing less than we were two years ago. And we've right. also, uh, we talk about less every week now. In the earliest iterations oh. of the show, on the Friday shows, we might cover three or four different stories. And now we really just lean into less to give it more time mm-hmm. and let it breathe a little bit more. Um, but my philosophy about like a mix of news and popular culture, my philosophy is that you can never understand the news fully without understanding pop culture. 100%. And I think that this dividing line that a lot of journalists have where, you know, this was the hard news and this was the soft news, I think that is mm-hmm. structurally and systemically oppressive and racist and Mm. homophobic Mm. and sexist Mm. because all the stuff that the old school journalists, voice of God reporters want to say is the soft stuff that they don't care about always happens to be stuff about women and black and brown folks and gay people. And so my desire is to say to everyone who listens that that stuff is just as important And to also say that you cannot understand these quote-unquote hard stories about just the facts 
until you understand the cultural significance and emotional stuff that's in these softer stories. Yes. For instance, like people want to, there were years where journalists at all kinds of news outlets, including my own, were saying that Trump voters were motivated by economic anxiety. Yeah. And because in their lizard brain, logical journalists minds, they couldn't see what it was really about and they wanted to put logic into it. But if they had done a better job, if we had done a better job of understanding the significance of culture and of cultural stories and the way that people feel and the direct reaction of some parts of white America to seeing a more diverse America on screen, we might have seen earlier that it was never economic anxiety. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of, in some instances, racism. Mm -hmm. And so I think in order to really (laughs) understand... Stories are never just facts. Mm-hmm. Stories are never just numbers. Mm-hmm. Stories are usually always about feelings. And the feelings are always more important than the facts. I'm not saying the facts don't need to be right. I want to get the facts right. But I'm not going to understand a story until I understand the emotions behind it as well. And journalists who cover hard and soft news are better at speaking to and feeling those feelings, I think. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling now. But no, like, you're, no, this I'm is this is you. this is really fascinating because I actually I'm I, and when you're while you're talking, I'm thinking about like the way that I've learned history throughout my life, and I think that like when you, especially when you when you look at like the American public school system, when you learn history, it's a lot of like this was the president, this is the date this bill was passed, this 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 this, and it sort of just bleeds all in together and it feels irrelevant. Whereas I think that I would have absorbed more of those things had I known like, what did people of the time like? What did Mm -hmm. they do? Mm -hmm. What were the Mm -hmm. interests? What was popular at the time? Because facts without context, you know, you can't get much from it. And so pop culture is the context for everything that happens. And we especially see that over the past five years. You know Come what I on. mean? When the two truly collided and we may never go back. And so yes. I think that in that way, like this, this ideology that you have is exactly the w- way we need to be moving because yes. it helps give a more well-rounded understanding of life. Yes. And it would be more exciting to learn the world and to learn history that way. Imagine if our teachers mm. had taught us the civil rights movement with Motown Records as a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. it was. Right. And so much of the symbolism of Motown and the way that they presented their black artist as polished and ready for white consumption was this was paralleled in the way that Dr. King was marching through the streets in a suit and tie. These things are connected. Right. And so that I want to have those kind of conversations. And I want it's it's like I I hate it when people are like, well, this story is just about the facts. It's never just about the fact. It's about all this shit wrapped up together. Understand it holistically you know yeah and yeah and it's almost like when trump became president all the serious news people mm-hmm. were like humiliated that this could be true <laughs> yeah and it's like it's it's like they were mortified this could be true how dare they um you know have to share 
the screen or time or give attention to this creature of reality television. Mm -hmm. And it's like, girl, it's knocking on your door. Like what is happening? Like Mm -hmm, in the, mm -hmm. in the homes of people. And this man for better or worse has been in people's homes for decades and they understand him as something. So if this makes people have to understand and grapple with the fact that yes, the Kardashians aren't quote unquote famous for nothing, then maybe Mm -hmm. we'll have a better understanding of the American people. Yes. Mm. And got to say, speaking of Trump reality TV, the journalists out the gate who were covering him the best were journalists that had previously covered television or pop culture. Interesting. Like my favorite reporting about him in the campaign were the articles that tied back everything he was doing on the campaign trail and in office to the crap you saw him doing for years on The Apprentice. It's the Uh same playbook. He uses the same playbook. So like, I I honestly want to have political reporters that have watched every season of Survivor and American Idol because like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is the culture and that is the culture that our politics now operates in. You know, you you hit it perfectly, Matt. I get on a soapbox about this shit, as you can tell. I'm no, really, I'm, I'm but, but you know what? It, it, it's it's almost like like somebody said to Andy Cohen, like um, after he was doing a reunion, he was like, "Great job with that reunion." He should moderate the debates. And then a couple yes. of people, a couple of people were like, "Well, you know, maybe I he would actually ask questions." Like, get Andy. Yes. Like, maybe he would actually ask questions that people want to hear answered or wouldn't bail because these journalists have this sort of like they pretend that there's still decorum. It's like There's when Savannah Guthrie, Savannah yeah, Guthrie yeah. in one of the last presidential elections, she said to him in so many words, like, you can't like, like, I'm not going to ask you this question like a journalist. I'm asking you this question like a human, like you hear you yourself, should always right? be a human. Yeah, it's so it, crazy. 100%, yeah. But they don't behave like that. Yeah. You know? and, separate. and it's like we keep and this was the thing that we all had to figure out at the start of the Trump administration. Every White House reporter walking in that White House expected Donald Trump to like and his press team to follow the rules of like the way that like you work with the press. Those weren't rules. They were norms. They were never Mm. written in stone. Mm -hmm. They were there because previous presidents chose to do it. Donald Trump has proven that everything that we thought was like etched in stone about the way DC works. It was just a gentleman's agreement. There's no rule book, you know, and and there's never going to be one again. Even things constitutionally are just suggestions at this point. Suggestions. After the second impeachment, it's like, oh, so this is all meaningless? Got it. Like, it's, I don't know. Um, Yeah. Early on in his term. So I, so I covered the last campaign for NPR and I was following Bernie around for a lot. That's right. You're following Bernie. Bernie, Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And then. Uh, once Trump became president, I began making my new show in earnest, but I still did a little bit of political reporting. And I remember early on doing a story about Trump's like first violation of the Hatch Act. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are they going to get him? This is an ethics violation. And he violated the Hatch Act. And now you're just like, Girl. it's a joke. The Damn, Hatch Act is a joke. Right. It's a joke. Yeah. You know? <sighs> and that's, I guess, what worries me about... Um, whenever anyone is like, we need a healthy Republican party or reach across the aisle or like Biden as president. I'm like, this is a return to what didn't work for such a long time. And I, I, I at least have to be hopeful that like he, he, because he's so 
because we've, we're never going back after Trump, like that he'll have to listen to progressives as we um, continue to hold him accountable and make sure this country is moving in the direction it needs to move. But I just, it, it's hard to know that, that we're returning to a place of like bro code. You know what I mean? Because that's really what the Constitution is. Is it's like well, bro code. It's like a bunch of dudes being like, like drunk at a frat party, writing rules yeah. for their frat going forward hundreds oh, of yeah. years. And the mm-hmm. idiots hundreds of years from that point are like, well, the dudes who made this said this, dude. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. has to be two thirds, dude. It can't just be a majority, dude. That when you when, it, when said, it's man. impeachment, bro, because when it's impeachment, bro, it's actually bigger. It should be bigger. So like, it should have to be more people, though. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. And that, well, and that know, just feels crazy, like yeah. stupid. It's like it was 57 yeah. to 43 this vote, and we can't fucking say this guy is guilty of his crimes. Like, give me a break. I think what is most interesting to see happen in this moment, because like in spite of all of America's attention being squarely focused on Donald Trump for the past four or five years, in actuality, very little got done in D.C., you know, like mm-hmm, DC mm-hmm. was not passing laws, save for the tax cut. There were no major packages. Right. And a lot of the stuff that made a lot of, you know, visual like, whoa, was just Trump kind of screwing around on the border. And like, but that was right. happening outside of Congress. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that absence of action, you see a larger role from big business and like the d- making change for the country. And like what I am watching and I don't want to say scared of, but maybe it's like, we're going to end up in a society where if Washington keeps on doing nothing or being ineffectual, the Zuckerbergs and the Bezoses and the Dorseys are going to actually run the world the- because they're going to be able to move more quickly than DC ever can. It's, um, yeah, it's the whole premise of this video game that came out in December called Cyberpunk 2077, and where it is like it's society is run by corporations. It's terrible. Um, I, but I did love really quickly, I did love that, um, you covered the Amazon, um, the Bessemer, uh, 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 sort of that, that whole sort of unionizing, um, story instead of the, in lieu of the impeachment, right? Like that was, I loved that just deliberately as a choice. Um, Matt, were you, what were you going to say? No, I was just saying with with the one corporation of it all, and I also listened to the Amazon episode and thought it was great. I mean, it was like earlier when Thank I was you. seeing, when I was watching uh, the Conways on American Idol, I'm like, American Idol is owned by Disney. This is the biggest company in the world presenting the biggest show in the world, presenting the Kelly Gann Conway redemption arc. And I was just like, this feels disgusting to me because, and yeah. then it feels like I almost was hesitant even like saying something about it because they are one of the one companies that owns everything. And it's just oh, yeah. like, that is, that's how you get a 1984 situation when yeah. one corporate identity owns everything. And if we are headed to just a battle Royale with Disney and Amazon, it's like, that's really Ugh. scary. It's really sad. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's something that needs to be top of mind because you yeah. like, God forbid you were to get into a trouble with one of the few companies that runs the world. What are you going to do? Like it, you're, it, it, you're, it's you're scary. Iced out. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking scary. So, it's crazy that you bring up Disney and their corporate power because we're going to drop this on Tuesday of this week. Tomorrow, uh, I interviewed Abigail Disney. She oh, did is, you? Yeah. Yeah. Who's very critical is, of the company? Very critical of the company, and she lays out how she just thinks Disney has become a different company, and 
it's it's it, they've got some like evil empire tendencies that she thinks need to be checked but she was going through the disparity between their lowest earners and their highest earners it's bonkers it's bonkers yeah. and they were giving out big bonuses in the midst of the pandemic year or, or like stock buybacks of some sort while they laid off like 20 th- like thousands of people who were like making the lowest wages and wow. it's not just like disney this is like corporations right now period yeah and uh-huh. i feel like we don't talk about it enough like no <laughs> companies and- companies are doing a lot that we just don't look at and we need to look at sorry i'm i'm really just diatribing now. No, no 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 i'm taking it all in yeah and the thing about disney is what's really fucked up about it is they do it with a smile and they do it with their happy brand um, and that's, that's, that's nefarious. That's, well, because that's they're tough. able to do two things at once. We're like numerically by the numbers, some of their financial practices draw a lot of scrutiny and a lot of folks say that's bad, but visually and the symbolism of Disney, it is so woke. Black Panther right. was the most sure. impressive rollout I've ever seen from mm-hmm. a company like that doing black stuff. And they made it, mm-hmm. all of us love it, regardless of race. So, like, on the one hand, Disney as a company gets representation symbolically. Right. But are they are they taking care of all their people? I don't know. Let me, let me stop mm. before I lose my job. <laughs> it is sometimes just, re- it, it almost feels like refreshing to talk about how dark it is. Because at least there's a knowledge of it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. at least we're not, like, t- uh, 50 years ago, like, I'm drinking coca-cola <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, we gotta talk about it but anyway um this sort of sentiment how perfect for i don't think so honey Bo. perfect for i don't think so honey <laughs> i'm just sitting here like taking it all in being like yeah oh my god this is so i have nothing to add i'm just kind of astonished at how dark everything is but this, yeah. this is the perfect segue into I don't think so, honey. I mean, truly. <laughs> so this is where we literally work it all out. It's our 60-second segment where we take something in pop culture that we, sorry, hate to say this word, but hate, hate to say the word hate. Um, and we sort of uh, exercise uh, the uh, f- the First Amendment and really take oh, it to mm-hmm. task. Okay? Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay, Matt, this is, I think, do you want to go first? Do you have something? I have something. Okay, so... Traditionally, Matt goes first. This is Matt Rogers' I Don't Think So, Honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. President's Day? Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Why do we need to celebrate these fucking white slave owners? Like, Mm. what is the fucking deal? Change the name to American Citizens Day. Celebrate us, the people that put them in fucking positions of power since the beginning of this country just so they can abuse that power against us? No fucking thank you. I don't think so, honey. Also, I'm sorry, but after the last four years, I'm not ready to to fucking seconds. kick my heels up and celebrate the person that happens to be president, especially when they can become president based on shitty fucking illegal means. So no mm. thank you, President's Day. I don't think what Joe Biden needs right seconds. now is fucking pats on the backs and fucking yay, Joe. He needs to get to work. He needs to get to work for the American people. President's Day, I don't think so, honey. I also don't Five think seconds. so, honey. The Hall of Presidents in Disney World, knock it down and put up a damn roller coaster. I don't think so, honey. And that's one minute. Yeah. That, that's going to be a small roller coaster. And it's not that Girl, much Girl, it, it, it could go in one circle. I don't care. It would still be more <laughs> thrilling and more uh, edutaining than anything edutaining. In, in the... Do you know what? The title of that, edutainment. 
Entertainment. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, uh, but like, um, I just feel like presidents to honor Day. presidents in the year 2021, I'm like, shut up. We don't have to do this yeah. anymore. Also, mm-hmm. I don't know why we just don't go to a system where like the holidays don't have to have a name. Just say you got a day off. Just say federal yeah. holiday yeah. number four, federal holiday number, number five. five. You yes. know, give us one yes. every quarter and just say day. You know, it's like every year you get 25 days you fucking deserve off. I don't need to know <laughs> yes. what they are. I think and yes. I should be able to pick them. <laughs> yes. yes. I also have no more excitement about new holidays. You know, after the protests last year, they were like, we're going to push for Juneteenth to become a holiday. And how do you feel? I, I don't know, girl. I don't know. I'm, it's, it's another <laughs> it's a holiday. Also, half of the folks talking about Juneteenth have never done Juneteenth. Oh, a lot of folks have never done yeah. Juneteenth. Yeah, it's no. not a thing that all the blacks do as someone who's speaking for the blacks. <laughs> well, that that is a danger in some in some like cultural like like thing like that, where it's like, oh, so then like from an outside point of view, like people think that everybody does this. I'm not like I, I well, like Lunar New Year. Not right. every Asian, <laughs> not every does Asian that. person. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but there's so this pressure, so- it seems like now. To like really like go get into it, yeah, and it's like it is kind of very specific to East Asian culture, um, and and yeah, it's it, it, it to to apply it wholesale to like a whole group of people is really interesting to me. I don't know. I feel like usually when when it comes to holidays, like the the one that gets shit on the most nowadays is Fourth of July, obviously because it's like oh, we're yeah. not down to celebrate mm-hmm. America. But President's Day is one that we really need to be targeting because oh, yeah. that's just that's literally going out of its way to celebrate like this group of people that like suck. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's exact. It's what Bowen always says or has been saying recently. It's the individualism over collectivism. It's like why the fuck? It's like it's like you're y'all are mad that we live in a celebrity obsessed culture, but we have a thing called President's Day. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also speaking of that, Bowen, I really loved when you called out the folks who were kind of trying to be like, well. I wasn't mean to Britney in that mm. time. And your and your clapback was perfect because you're like, we're not talking about you. We're talking about these systems yes. and structures. Yes. Exactly. I love that. And thank you for that, Bowen. I really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> and, that, and Bowen, thank you for being you. And That's I right. love you so much. And you called me yesterday. We had a sister conversation. Love, love this boy. We had a sister conversation. Um, love my sister. Uh, love my sis. Um, to the moon. And okay, so now... Love you so much that I'm actually going to say it's your turn to do I Don't Think okay. So, honey. And I'm, okay. it's, it's the highest anticipated moment of my life. Uh-huh, and this uh-huh. is Bowen Yang's I Don't Think So, honey. And his time actually starts now. I Don't Think So, honey. Diana motherfucking Sawyer. Oh! Get your Nixon standing ass away from this, this this whole conversation. I don't even want her to apologize at this point. I She's disappeared since 2014. She did a 2020 special on the pandemic. I think... <laughs> I think the best thing for her to do is not even announce that she's retiring is just to never show her face again. She, I mean, the Britney of it all is disgusting, but then the Whitney of it all is also Mm. equally as dark. She viciously goes after her in that damn interview. And honestly, good for Whitney for like standing her like space in that by being like, I don't know what it is, Diane. Tell me, do you know? Do you know? Like truly, this woman like was this like media like she she's the t- she was a tool for misogyny in the in the aughts and like 
again, Isaac terrorized can... Connie Chung. We'll never terror. We'll never forgive her for terrorizing Connie Chung. <laughs> one minute. <laughs> one minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> Diane Sawyer found dead <laughs> not as dead as Mike Nichols but still found dead <laughs> by that I don't think so honey Woo. I'm like I love love Mr. Nichols and his work but I think there's some darkness there if I don't know I just I, she's yeah. that lady has always been suspicious to me she's never had a good feeling suspicious. about her and can I just say this speaks to a larger theme that I'm trying to do with my work stop with the gotcha journalism Mm-hmm. It's never good for anybody. And you will get more out of your guests if you're nice to them. But, you know, the very confrontational nature of her interviews in the 90s was like, huh, I got you, got you, got you. Yeah, uh-huh, That's uh-huh. bad. That's malpractice. We don't have to do it like that. Yes. Anymore. We yes. don't have to do that. Because, you know, you know who's actually a really good model for this today? I think, I might be wrong mm-hmm. on this, but I think Gail King is like, nails yes. it. She doesn't do gotcha. She just she has do gotcha. this grace. Even with R. Kelly, like she was, yep. it wasn't about like getting him. It was just being like, what is Here's the facts? What is this? Here are the Tell facts. Me. What do you have to say? Yes. Whereas with, yes. with Diane Sawyer, it was like just shoving that picture in front of, in front mm-hmm. of Whitney was just like, so, ugh. Yeah. yeah and also yeah. not for nothing, but for her to be like a wealthy white woman and be like, what is this? To like, to like, to Whitney Houston, it feels really disgusting in retrospect. And also, you know what other interview of hers? I didn't like at all. Michael Jackson, Brianna. She Rihanna. interviewed. She oh. also was given the Rihanna interview after everything happened with Chris Brown, and Rihanna was ready That's to talk right. about it. And I'll tell you, who looks mortified the entire time is Rihanna, Rihanna. because you can mm. tell it was not her choice to sit down with her. Yeah. And I don't know what big PR company Rihanna was with that was like, "Oh, you're going to do the interview with Diane, Diane Sawyer because that's what we know. Because that's what's going to get ratings." Because it certainly mm-hmm. wasn't to the benefit of Rihanna, who looked miserable the entire yeah. time. So I'm in full agreement with you, Bo. Yeah. Rated R, great album. Rated, Rated R, amazing Great album. So good. Album. I mean, so many of oh Rihanna's. I mean, we were just talking about Loud. Um, we fucking love Loud. We love Rated R. Yes. We lo- I love Talk That Talk, Unapologetic. Yes. All of them. Yes. Good Girl Gone Bad, obviously. To, to close them. the loop on this Diane thing, I mean, this uh, to, to, to get into trouble with the Disney of it all, um, like I, ABC News just owes America an apology. I Come on. Think. It's not Come even on. about apologizing to Britney or like Whitney Houston's family. It's just like apologize to us for the way that you like, not to use this word, but like normalized that kind of interview style. Yeah. Like yeah. that kind of, I don't know. Ugh, it's it's gross, just, it's, gross. it's, yeah. Barbara Walters oh, yeah. was the pioneer, of course. And the thing, here's the thing though. We pick on these women because, because like they got these again, celebrity interviews, probably because it's what you're saying, Sam, that the networks handed off the interviews about the celebrities to these women that work there. Mm-hmm. And yes. they were like, mm-hmm. you know what? Th- that's what, and, and so. W- guaranteed if Peter Jennings does that interview with exactly. Rihanna it's worse you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like so it, it was all of media at the time it, it, it's 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 the way that we were cultured that those kind of interviews went and we're picking on yeah. the women because the larger structure which was the networks gave the women those interviews yes. So yeah. yes we yes. we didn't start to I think the media industry popular culture at large we didn't even understand begin to understand the era of those ways. We didn't even understand what it means to be woke until Obama. And I think Obama mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. just like a cultural reset because all of a sudden having a black man in the space where it just to be just used to be white men mm-hmm. meant that we had to question everything. We had to right. question everything. Oh, yeah. And I, I really think that like the emergence of wokeness is tied to the cultural reset that was Barack Obama. hundred <laughs> percent. Like it's, it, it's him. 
but but that, but that is again like you like having the connective tissue of pop culture like suspend together these like political hard newsy facts, which is like that's I mean that no that's that's perfect. That's like such a holistic view. Of it. Also, like so much of that narrative of the 2008 election would set the stage for what happened in the 2016 election because mm-hmm. it all took place in the media. It yes. all, mm-hmm. I mean, Barack Obama became a media star. Yes. He, he yes. was celebrated by the very thing that would then, whether they want to admit to it or not, champion Donald Trump in 2016. Yep. It's about who is the star. That's why I always feel like something I always think is the star of the election will win the election. That's um, right. That's why people go to extremes to to create stories all the time. That's why Trump was as chaotic as he was because he constantly wanted to be the star. Yep. And I, I think that he may have been the star of the 2020 election, but he also was the villain. Exactly. It's hard to be both, (laughs) and it's hard to be both, and you can't you can't keep being both. Exactly. It's like 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 any television program, people are going to want to change the channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. No, I agree. That's the dark side to the media controlling so many things. Is like they will lose control. We have control. Oh yeah. Well, and and like even the fact that like a lot a lot of us are still grappling with. I still grapple with it some of the moments in which my career has moved to the next level the quickest have been on the backs of like disaster. Like I, the, the, the cacophony of the 2016 election and all the bad things that happened in that campaign around Donald Trump catapulted my career. Then Mm. Um, after George Floyd died, the ratings for my show, uh, the, the weekly users per week per downloads for the podcast version doubled in one episode. Then they tripled. They're still back at double. But like, it feels weird to know that some of your professional success has literally come on the back of a dead black man, you know? But this is what our industry does. This is how, it's so weird. Like, our lifeblood is tragedy. I mean, it is not, I mean, it's, it's not, a, it's not because of anything you did in, within your control or power to like make the, that happen. It was just circumstantial and unfortunate. But, but yeah, I mean, that is so interesting. I just don't think that you should like, carry any sort of like no and, and dread like, over that yeah and not dread it just makes you really wonder and and like mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. that i've i think the best thing that i can do to honor george floyd's legacy is to amplify the voices that are shouting to the rooftops stop killing us which is what we have been doing on the show since that mm-hmm, happened mm-hmm. so i don't feel guilt about it but it is there's a certain there's a certain perver- there's a certain perverse economics yeah. to the news media industry because we never want to say it we never want to admit it but the bad shit is often good for us yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. weird it's weird that's all i got on that. i mean it was mm-hmm, just so mm-hmm. funny to me when people were saying on twitter like lol the news is boring now and it's mm-hmm. like the last thing anyone wants to hear is that they're boring so in that way you know that news media was like is like fuck now they're quaking let me tell you every tv exec every tv exec doing tv news is scared shitless because <sighs> joe biden is many things but one of them that he is not he's, he's not exciting He's oh, like, yeah. like he's just not. So it'll be interesting to see how particularly like a place like CNN changes their coverage over time. Mm. We'll see. Oof. Wow. Well, uh, we have we have come to the point where it is time for Sam for Sanders. Sanders. I don't think so, honey. Now, are you ready and are you prepared? 
so can I tell you how much I'm ready and prepared? So I was able to meet up with a group of friends safely uh, for a week with them in a cabin in the woods around New Year's. Go off. And what we did one night is went around the fire and did I don't think so, honey. Come oh, on. My God. That is the best thing we've ever heard. Oh my goodness. And, and so my friend Megan, Megan Kane, hey Megan, she's listening. I know she's going to be listening. She Hi, had Megan. the best, I don't think so, honey. And I was like, girl, you need to re-record your I don't think so, honey, because I can just make sure that <gasps> Mambo will maybe hear it. So I'm going to send it to you once she re-records <gasps> it. Yes, she please do. She had the best one. We yeah. love to hear it. Okay, well, but in the meantime, uh, yes. we, are, we are quaking like cable news hosts. Um, to I don't want to disappoint. This one. Oh my God. No, you, okay. I can tell you will I'm not. I'm sure you won't. This is Sam Sanders. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Duvet covers. <laughs> Why though? <laughs> Jester flop energy. <laughs> There's no need. Get you a blanket that you can just wash. There was yes! no. Po- Why are you making easy shit hard? Mm-hmm. <gasps> also, for all the time the duvet covers have existed, they've never given us like a guide on how to get it right. Why isn't mm. it? Why aren't the Why aren't the corners of duvet covers color coded to match inside the cover seconds. and the top thing? Make it. It's like the it, the duvet family wants to make my life hard. They want to make it rough. And when I go into an Airbnb where there isn't just a goddamn blanket, but there's a duvet and a duvet cover and all that shit, I give you a three-star, two-star review. I don't like them. Get them out of my face. Don't make easy shit hard. I don't think so, honey. Duvet covers. That's one minute. That's one minute. You are dead on. This is something in the culture that must be rectified now. Why do they exist? Why do they exist? Why do you have to scuba dive into a sack of cloth every time? <laughs> yeah, literally. Tie? And, and everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna mention. Oh, there are the ways. You know, you roll it up and then you flip no, it back. No, those are the same no. fools that tell you how to fold the fitted sheet. There is no way. You're there, there's no way. way. There's no way. There's also, no you know way. What? I didn't even know about this duvet until I had to make a room of my own. And I bought a bed of my own and I had this duvet. And I was like, I thought that was just a thicker blanket that went on top. No, bitch. No. It's stupid (laughs) duvet nonsense. You have to put this on that, on this, on that. It's why are you making simple things hard? It's exactly what you you. said. Thank you. And the duvet family is one of the worst families in the world. Oh, war criminals as far as I'm concerned. War criminals. Oh, yeah. No, they they are responsible for horrors. They're responsible for horrors. Clarissa duvet, Morton duvet, (laughs) Ashley duvet. Oh, Ashley duvet. (laughs) Ashley duvet is Meghan McCain's best girlfriend. And they, they go to they go to Tahoe together. They do. Oh, oh, the specificity oh, of Tahoe. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. They are. They, so, you know how, did you Did you all both watch Barb and Star? I did no. watch Barb and Star. All right. I well, let's, let's just it, say they okay. are the anti-Trish. Okay. And you'll get that joke. <laughs> you'll get that joke when you see the movie. But fucking Ashley Duvet, she is not Trish energy. Okay. She's not Trish. She's <laughs> not Trish. <laughs> just get a blanket. Yeah, just get a fucking blanket. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you both, is it not okay to sleep with um a duvet without a cover? Because it just feels weird and too soft. 
I mean, mm. I don't think it's weird because it's just like you you live the way you want to live. And also, like yeah, if, it, sure. if you skip the step of needing to put the duvet cover on it, then good for you. More power to you. Unfortunately, it doesn't look right because we've been conditioned to think that we got to put the duvet cover on the thing. And that's how a bed looks. But yeah. girl, it's a whole extra step. And it is complicated. Very mm. complicated. Avril Lavigne. It's one of Avril, Avril Lavigne's songs. It, it's yes. one of Avril Lavigne's songs. Yes, yes. That felt that was a good release for me. Thank y'all for giving me that space. That was an incredible one. Incredible. You've been giving Dude. top shelf, top level pop culture commentary, and then to get your I don't think so honey opportunity and it's duvet. That is so <laughs> that the power that that has. The power. Okay, the okay, access yes. that that has. The international implications, <laughs> the international implications that that has. The profile. The profile that that, that, that has. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Incredible. Such a delight. I have been, I'm telling you, and and I'll keep saying it because I mean it. I've been listening to y'all for a while and I love what y'all are doing. Like there's, there's such a great balance between like totally off the dome riffing for your association (laughs) matched with, and I know this, I can tell when y'all have really thought deeply about a thing and spent time processing how you feel about it before you tell us about it. So y'all do it really well. You make it seem like you just show up, but I know you're preparing and I hear it and it's just great. And I love what y'all do. Like linguistically, you're playing with language in a way that I just find really (laughs) interesting. That's such a fun way to put it, playing with language. No, like gesture flop, making (laughs) I don't think so, honey, a thing. The whole meaning of the word cathartic. Like this is like this is like playing with the language in a way that like honestly I think like pushes the English language forward. So I don't know. I just commend the work. Language is drag. No, please, that is ridiculous. To to please, you are so incredibly smart. You are such an aspirationally good host. You're such a warm host. I think Bowen and I both know that from being guests on your show and being made to feel so special and so interesting by you. And you really do. Um, um, you really just have such a great way of getting in there on all the topics. And I, I, like I said, this Whitney episode was a highlight. I also loved your fashion episode about how fashion has changed during during the quarantine. I thought that was really illuminating and uh, to be, it would be an honor if we could call ourselves a sister podcast to yours. Listen, (laughs) sisters, sisters, all the sisters. And also I realize now I've had both of you on separately. The next time we do this, y'all got to come on together. Mm -hmm. We would be so honored. We would love to figure it out. out. We would always love to be asked anywhere. Well, everyone, Lovely. please check out It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders. Um, and I mean, just what a, what a true pleasure this was. I, I loved that. I mean, one of our best answers to the question, one of, one of my favorite, I don't think so, honeys. Uh, truly, this episode has it all. And, um, and I, I can't think of a, of a, of a better just a better all-around episode, Matt. Oh, Rogers, my God. Wouldn't you agree? I would, I would agree. This was a, a, a classic. Yes. Um, I'm so and, happy. And, I love this. And we had an amazing time. And um, I think that Bowen, um, we have to finish with a song. We do, and I know just mm. the song. Impossible for, for a plain yellow pumpkin to be golden Impossible for a plain country pumpkin to a prince to join a marriage. Oh, and my horses. Go, Bo, if you know it. I don't, I don't know all of I it. just um, know this part. It's possible. Possible. Yeah. Possible. <laughs> yeah. And then, wait, no, hold on, wait. We got to say, just, just just finish with these two words. Zanies and fools. 
There we go. End of power effects. <laughs> All right. Bye. bye. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. 